Welcome to the Life Tree Community Church Podcast. These are recorded during our weekly services in Robbinsville, New Jersey. Our prayer is that these messages help you grow in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you'll turn to Luke chapter 8 in the soft cover Bibles that are in your seats right there, uh, it's page 788, page 788. Um, we're going to continue, as Claire mentioned this morning, our dirt series. Uh, talking about the soil of your heart. It's a parable that Jesus shared a story that he told um, uh, to, uh, to crowds that were listening. He talked about four different types of dirt that's in our, uh, in our, in our heart and the condition of our heart. It, Jesus basically says that the condition of your heart, of the soil, of the ground of your heart, basically determines um, your ability to know God. That the seeds God gives are always good, that the variable in everything is always the dirt, the type of dirt that's there. Our dirt makes the difference. And he says four different types of dirt. The first is uh, what we call hard ground, like the footpath. And Pastor Kerry talked about that about two weeks ago, about that, those hard places where the, the seed just doesn't even, it just bounces off birds, come and eat it because it's just not getting through. It's like putting it on pavement. It's just not going to do any good. The second type of dirt uh, is rocky soil. And we said, you know, it's got, the, the, the seed takes root, but it's, there's an underlying layer of rock, and so... The dirt is so shallow that the roots can't go deep, and so what happens, it grows quickly, but it, it dies just as quickly because it, it can't last because it doesn't have deep roots. That was last week. And this week we're going to talk about dirt that's infested by weeds and thorns and things like that. And my hope is that as we explore this, you'll recognize either something about yourself or your own heart or the heart of someone else about the way that they live and the way that they experience life, and you'll develop a better understanding of them and compassion for them. Uh, my, I, I can probably, with confidence, say that you will recognize this type of person. The more I talk, you'll go, I get it. I know exactly what that's like, either in your own life or in someone else's life. Um, the hard dirt is a story of unbelief. The rocky soil is a story of wandering. And the thorn-infested dirt, the weeds, is a story of regret. That's our story today. It's a story of regret. Doesn't it sound like fun? Oh, wow, this is going to be a great message. It's like heavy in the room. I promise. I, I, there's, it's going to end well. If you can stick with me, it'll end well. Um, and it may even save you from your own story of regret. And it's really the, ho- the hope and the goal is that as you hear this, that won't be the case for you, that regret won't be your story. So let's read chapter 8, uh, beginning in verse 4. It'll be on the screen as well if you'd like to follow along there. You can read in the Bibles or you can just listen, whatever you'd like to do. It says this, One day Jesus told a story, verse 4, in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. Imagine a lot of people, Jesus is talking. It says, A farmer went out to plant his seed, and as he scattered it across his field, some seed fell on a footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. The hard ground. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. It's the rocky soil we talked about last week. Then he says this, The other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile soil, and this seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. When he had said this, he called out, Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Then we skip down to verse 11, and he explains what that parable means because it's kind of like what seeds dirt like what are you talking about like so he says this this is the meaning of the parable of the story the seed is god's word it's the truth when you hear the truth he says the seeds that fell in the footpath represent those who hear the message 
only to have the devil come and take it away from their hearts and prevent them from believing and being saved. And second, the seeds that on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, then they fall away when they face temptation. We talked about that last week, about shallow roots. Then verse 14 is kind of where we're going to narrow in on today. He says, the seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life. And so they never grow into maturity. And 15 is the gold standard, the good seeds. The seeds that fell in the good soil represent honest, good-hearted people who hear God's word, cling to it, and patiently produce a huge harvest. Would you pray with me this morning? Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. Open our eyes this morning to see our own hearts with clarity. May there be no deception here. May we be able to accurately understand ourselves, what's going on inside our soul. I thank you, God, that you can do that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so those two verses, the seed that fell among thorns grew up and choked it out. And then verse 14, that's where we're going to, so we can put verse 14 up there. Seeds that fell among the thorns represent those who hear the message, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and so they never grow into maturity. Can we just say it's easy to get caught on thorns, right? You ever be like doing any work at your house and like there's some thorns and you're trying to be real careful. It's just, it's like they jump out and grab you. I don't know how it happens. Just reaching in to get the wiffle ball and it's got my shirt caught. Like it just happens all the time. Thorns are easy. They grab you so quickly and it's hard to avoid them. I think so many people's lives are consumed with thorns. Here's for today. Worries, anxiety. If you don't believe it, we've got some pharmacists in the building who can tell you that anti-anxiety medicine is quite popular. It's like candy. Cares because we care so much about this life. It's easy. It's just just walk and it's going to grab you. Walk, walk a day in this world. Read the news. It's going to grab you. Cares. Pursuit of wealth is a thorn. It's going to grab you. The pursuit of wealth. Comparing to the Joneses. Looking at what your neighbors have. Looking at what everybody celebrates. Oh, those are, that's a nice house. That's a nice car. Those are nice shoes. I like that purse. You know, I like where they went on vacation. We should go there. We should have a beach house. Pleasure. The pursuit of pleasure, of feeling good, and indulging ourselves, doing whatever it takes to feel good. And let me just be clear. This is not a message about how money and pleasure and fun are bad. They are not bad. God gave us lots of things to have fun It's a warning about allowing those things to take root in your heart. That's what this is. Because let me tell you, thorns don't share. They never share. They take over. And they cost you greatly. You'll have no room for the most important things in your life. When those other things creep in and start to grow with it, and they grow alongside your life, when cares and rich and you know pursuit of money and wealth and power and prestige and all those things start to grow in your life what happens is they crowd out i play basketball i'm not a big guy right but let me tell you pastor Dre, can you come up here for a minute i'm going to i'm going to have to i know but you're the only one that i'm going to be comfortable doing this to so i play basketball i am not a big guy 
Okay, but let's say the ball goes up off the backboard. I'm going to do this. I'm going to box him out, right? And listen, I'm a small guy. He's a little bit stronger than me. But you know what? If I got position and I get low enough, he cannot get through, right? And if he does, it's a foul. So you can't do it. Right? Thank you very much. Get... Try and box him out. Let me tell you, there are guys that are like 6'3", we play basketball with, they cannot box him out. He's got strength. But let me tell you, what it does is those other things, those thorns, they box out the important things in our life. And they can't get in. They crowd them out. There's no room for you here. Because I take over. You cannot serve two masters. If something else, else is growing, one of them will establish dominance. One will take over. And what will inevitably happen is that you will forfeit the enduring things because you love temporary things. You can't grow peace if seeds of fear are planted in your heart and allowed to remain. If you do not have peace in your life, it's because seeds of fear have grown. They've been planted. You've allowed them to grow. And now they are healthy in your heart. You cannot have fear and peace side by side. You can't grow contentment if greed is planted and allowed to grow. If contentment escapes you, it's because greed and envy have been planted and allowed to grow. You can't grow joy if self-seeking pleasure is planted and allowed to remain. See, this message from Jesus is a warning. It's a warning. Hey, warning signs. Pay attention. It's about allowing fleeting pleasure to cost you enduring life. Can I tell you, Jesus didn't say this message because He wanted to condemn everybody for all this other stuff. You know why He gives a warning? Because He loves you. If He didn't love you, He wouldn't tell you. You're like, God, go ahead. Chase those other things. I don't care. But he says, no, those thorns, they're going to choke out what matters in your life. This isn't a message about condemnation. It's a warning. Hey, I love you and I don't want pain for you. I want what's good for you. Let me tell you, it's going to cost you what you really want. Often sin and those things that we allow in our hearts are just simply a lack of vision. He's warning us. Somebody got mail. Dustin, can you push mute on the computer? I think that's right. You got the mail in your inbox. It was good timing. It's a warning. It's a warning. I planned that. That was good timing. Good timing. Thorns make no room for the life God wants to give you. And the result is a lifetime of immaturity, of stunted growth, of incomplete life. It never materializes. It's what could have been. I'm telling you. One of the things that grieve me the most are stunted growth. I mean, you could have been taller. You shouldn't have drank all that coffee when you were a kid, right? Say that it stunts your growth. Like, listen, I'll take every centimeter, you know, that you want to give me. I do not want to stunt my growth at all. I didn't drink coffee for so many years because I was terrified it was going to make me shorter. Didn't do a dang thing for me. Now I just don't drink coffee. Not any taller. But the saddest words of tongue and pen, what could have and what should have been. Thorns result in a robbery of what we could have been. They choke out 
See, thorns very simply are unworthy values. They're unworthy loves in your life. Things that you love that you shouldn't love. Things that consume your heart that you have allowed to be in your heart that have no business being there. They've been allowed to grow alongside what's real. And here's the thing about thorns. They start out looking really manageable, really innocent. Ah, that's not such a big deal. Just a little selfishness. You know, treat yourself. Just treat yourself just a little bit. You know, just it's okay to be a little selfish sometimes, right? Just a little ambition. It's okay to feel good when people like you. It's okay to feel that, right? Just a little greed. You know, I work hard. I deserve more. I deserve that. A little bit. It just seems innocent, but it's not so bad. Just plants a seed. Over time, I deserve a little more. I deserve a little more. Before you know it, you got a redwood, a greed planted in your heart. It's choking out your joy. It's choking out your contentment. It starts small. Always starts with a seed. So let me. Those things, those unworthy loves. Oh man, they refuse to share your heart. I read a great book. I've shared it before. I'll say it again. It's called "You Are What You Love." The subtitle is, "And You May Not Love What You Think You Love." You are what you love. So let me ask you, what do you love? What has its roots in your heart? It always leads to regret when you love things that are not worthy. Right? We say things like, I wish I had dealt with this when I was younger. It would have been a whole lot easier to pull this out when it was smaller. But now this greed consumes me. This fear consumes me. The worry, the concern, the quest, the thirst, the hunger for more, it consumes me because it's allowed to grow. We've got faith in God. We know this stuff, but we struggle so much with other things because it's just as healthy in our heart. Here's the most astonishing reality about this particular kind of dirt. It's good dirt. There's nothing wrong with the dirt. Everything grows in it. It's fertile soil. The only difference between thorny ground and dirt that produces a multiple harvest of fruit is a gardener. Someone to tend it, to take care of it, to cultivate it. It's the only difference. This is good dirt. The problem is what we've allowed to grow in it. Everything can grow. The unattended heart becomes a wilderness. I'm going to read a portion from something that A.W. Tozier wrote because it is so much better than anything I could say today. I read this and I said, boy, that's, that's really good. It's called, from, from a writing called The Hunger of the Wilderness. And this is what he said. So just listen to this for a moment. He said, every farmer... Every farmer knows the, hungry of the, the hunger of the wilderness. That hunger which no modern farm machinery, no improved agricultural methods can ever quite destroy. No matter how well prepared the soil, how well kept the fences, how carefully painted the buildings, let the owner neglect for a while his prized and valued acres, and they will revert again to the wild and be swallowed up by the jungle or the wasteland. And here's the line, the bias of nature is toward the wilderness and never toward the fruitful field. 
Can we just let that sink in for a minute? The bias of nature is toward the wilderness and never toward the fruitful field. If you will not guard your heart, anything will grow. Anything will grow. He continues, we cannot escape the law that would persuade all things to remain wild or return to a wild state after a period of cultivation. What is true of the field is also true of the soul. If we are but wise enough to see it, the truth is that no spiritual experience, however revolutionary, can exempt us from temptation. And what is temptation but the effort of the wilderness to encroach upon our newly cleared field? You clear a field. You clear your house, right? You do some gardens. You clean it up. You just till the soil. You get the weeds out and you, you wait a week. You don't have to plant them. Weeds will grow. The bias of nature is toward the wilderness. The purified heart, he concludes, is obnoxious to the devil and to all the forces of the lost world. They will not rest until they have won back what they lost. The jungle will creep in and seek to swallow up the tiny areas that have been made free by the power of the Holy Ghost. Can we be real today? Let's be honest for a moment, please. We all have thorns in our heart. 1 John 1.8 If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. Verse 10 If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar. And showing that His Word has no place in our hearts. There's no room in our hearts for His Word because other things are growing there and it's called deception. We've allowed it to grow and there's no room for the truth in our hearts. And we just say, I'm good. I'm good. I don't have any thorns in my heart. If you're saying that, you're a liar and you're boxing out the truth. It's exactly what John is saying here. Every one of us has unworthy values in our hearts. Honesty, I get jealous. I get jealous of other people. I get jealous of other things. I have greed in my heart. I want nicer things. More money would absolutely make me feel better. I know God is my provider. I understand. I have to tithe. I get it. I get the deal. I get how it works. And still, doesn't matter. If I had more money, it would make me feel better. Can we be honest? We have thorns in our hearts. I worry about what my kids experience. We all do. We have fear and worry and greed and envy and all these things that grow up inside of us and they're robbing us of what we really could be. We're living lesser lives because there are values that have roots in our heart that are choking out truth. But I have incredible news to share. And here's where it gets good. There's hope for all of us. 1 John 1, nine. Memorize this verse. It says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, from all wickedness. Two major parts of this. If. If. If we confess. Here's the thing about confession. You don't have to do it. There's nobody telling you that you have to confess your sins. You do not have to do this at all. You can completely pretend you're fine, ignore the warning, dismiss this as religious garbage, and say, I don't buy any of it. I don't need to confess a stinking thing. I'm fine the way I am. You have full freedom to do that. All of us do. Nobody is forcing us to say anything. 
There's an if there. It's a choice. You get to. God's saying, listen, I want what's best for you. And here's a warning about what's growing in your heart. But you don't have to listen. You can leave it if you want to. But if you don't, I've got an equation for you. I've got, a, I've got a solution for you. And it goes like this. If you will, I uproot the garbage. If you'll do your part and confess, I will clean up. I'll take care of the garbage in your heart. I'll uproot those thorny things, those things that you can't pull out. I will get rid of them. I'll remove the greed, the selfish ambition, the deep-rooted and unproductive cares you have. God says, I will take care of all that stuff. I'll clean house. I'll walk into your garden that looks like maybe some of your gardens. Like We did a garden for like a couple of years. We haven't done it in maybe two years. Want to guess what it looks like? Oh, it's... My children can get lost in there. I mean, it's... I don't know what's growing. We were like, hey, there's strawberries in here. I didn't even plant strawberries. It's like... Like, is that, is, that, is, that, is that a tomato? I don't think so. Like, okay, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's wilderness. That's what it looks like. Because you don't have to. You can leave it. So here's the so what. We get to choose. It's up to us. Thorny ground, completely up to us. God has given us the responsibility of cultivating what grows in our hearts. He said, you do it. You decide what grows in your heart. You get to choose. What you permit, you promote. What you allow, you encourage. What you condone, you own. You get to decide. We choose what we will allow to grow in our hearts. So search your heart. Let me ask you, what do you love? Really. That's the word, really. What do you really love? Not what do you say you love. Not what do you think you love. But what would your actions, what would your bank accounts, what would your thoughts communicate about what you really love? Because I'm telling you, what you love is what's rooted in your heart. It's very simple to find out what occupies your time, what occupies your money, what occupies your thought process. What do you worry about? Those things, that's what you love. The question is, what has its root in your heart? And does it belong? Is it worthy? So here's, once we've done that self-evaluation, here's the very simple thing that we can do. Confess your roots. Confess the thorns that exist in your heart. We're going to do communion today. In a little bit, we're going to have communion. And the ushers don't have to move now, just letting you know. In a little bit. And we're going to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. It was interesting as I was thinking about communion and how it connects the message today. I was just thinking, you know, thorns. Something about thorns. Jesus wore thorns on his head. Crown of thorns. I thought, you know, he wore thorns on his head so that we wouldn't have to have them in our heart. That's it. That's what the sacrifice is about. That we'd never have to live with thorns in our heart. But we remember communion. It's like, wow, this is what he did. He loved us so much. He said, I don't want garbage in your life. So I'll take your garbage on me so you never have to deal with it. 
First Corinthians chapter 11 says every time you eat the bread and drink the cup, you're announcing the Lord's death until he comes. So anyone who eats this bread or drinks the cup unworthily with thorns in your heart, if you're if you're eating and doing communion with thorns in your heart. As you're sinning against the body and blood of the Lord, you're saying, God, I know what you did for me and I don't care. I'm going to let thorns grow in my heart anyway. You're saying, I don't care what sacrifice you made for me. I'll do what I want anyway. He says, and he ends with this, Paul says, that is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. And we're going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a little bit. And Claire, if you'd come. We're going to do communion in a minute. I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, God, search my heart. Are there thorns in my life? Because I don't want to go to communion and be like, ah, everything's fine. I'm good. Knowing we've got garbage that we haven't dealt with. Ultimately, this message today is a message about repentance. Repentance is very simple. It's a churchy word. But it means this. It means if I'm going this way, I'm going to stop. I'm going to go the other way now. It's a 180. I'm going to turn. I'm going to change. Something's going to be different about my life. It's not just saying I'm sorry and I keep... It's like, oh, I shouldn't walk this way. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't walk... I'm sorry. I shouldn't walk this way. No. It's a turning and going the other direction. It's not just saying something. It's actual life change. We can't change ourselves. We need to ask God to do some heart surgery remove those things that will only restrict you from growth. Psalm 139. Search me, O God. Know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. Lead me along the everlasting path. God, would you search our hearts today to uproot? We need to get to the root. Sedgweed. You know what? Anybody know what? Uh, you know what that is? Sedgweed. It, it grows like about two inches a day. Yeah, and underneath that is you can see a clover. This is my front lawn. You know what you don't see? Grass. None of that is actually qualified as grass. One is a weed. Both are weeds. It's all green. I just keep mowing it. I looked at what you have to do to get rid of nut sedge. It's like a four-year process. Or you can just turn over your entire lawn. I'm going to keep mowing it. It's a lot easier. And so this week, you can pull this, the sedge weed out really easily. You just pull it out. And it comes right out. You're like, oh, this is great. Just pull it out. But what you don't know is that the roots of those, they're called tubers. And they're like 12 inches below the ground. You can't get to them by pulling it out. You have to like dig them out. And when every time you pull it out, what you're actually doing is splitting it into like 10 more. So when you think you're pulling out stuff, when you don't get the root, you just make it worse. We don't need to do surface stuff. We just deal with like, you know... I've been a little greedy. I'm just going to, I don't need God to come in. I'll take care of it. I'll just clean up. What you're doing is you're just dealing with the surface and it continues to send roots down deep. We need God to get all the way to the bottom of it. Here's another picture. 
This is a garden. Okay? My wife does this, does this. Okay? I take care of the lawn. You can tell who's good at what they do. Alright? She does the garden, but that doesn't happen by accident. It's work. She takes time, plans it out. She prepares and she, she takes care of it. She's constantly weeding. She's constantly weeding every single day. See, here's the thing. Daily, we've got to do this. This isn't like, oh, once, you know, I came Sunday and on communion Sunday, we will search our hearts and then maybe in a month from now, I'll check it again. Every single day, you've got to go back to keep the garden of your heart clean. Proverbs 4.23, life verse. Guard your heart above all else. For it determines the course of your life. Stand sentry in front of your heart. Refuse to allow other things to grow in there because it's going to rob you of what you could be. Guard your heart. Do it daily. Do maintenance. Every day we've got to come to God and say, God, I confess again today. A seed was planted in my heart. It's a lot easier when you do it right at the beginning. God, these seeds are planted in my heart today. Somebody said this and I got jealous. God, just get that out right now. And if we will just begin the habit of confession every day, I tell you, God can begin to make beautiful gardens of our heart. We begin to grow healthy things that have space to grow and room to grow. If you know anything about gardening, things need space. Other things don't occupy the soil and take the nutrients and the water and the moisture. They need space. And when they've got space, they can thrive. May God do that in your heart. Every day do maintenance. And as we do this, maybe this is you and maybe it's not you today. Maybe maybe, Maybe there's something in you, but maybe you're seeing something in somebody else. It's so easy to judge people like, oh, they're so greedy. And... They're just always chasing money. They're money hungry. And, you know, these people care so much about what they look like. And they always care about this. They care about that. And we start pointing fingers at people. Perhaps today God can give us a heart of compassion. To recognize that maybe they're not just evil or stupid people. Maybe they're just like us. Somewhere along the way, something was planted in their heart. And the good news is it's fertile soil. So good things can grow there too. But they've just never known that that's not what's supposed to be growing in their heart. Perhaps we can help. Begin to pray and say, God, help us to love them. Help us not to judge them. Help us learn how to set them free from that. To fully become who you've made them to be. To live a life of peace contentment and joy in front of them. Because listen, when they see you joyful, not having the things that they feel like are important, they say, how do you be so joyful right now? You say, well, let me tell you what grows in my heart. How are you so content when you don't have everything worked out, when you don't have all the plans? In the midst of chaos, how can you be content? Well, let me tell you what's growing in my heart. How can you have peace right now when our world is just a mess? tell you what's growing in my heart. When you live that out in front of people, they say, that's what I really want. I've been chasing it. These other things offered it and I planted it and let it grow and it's not delivering. I 
tell you what's growing in my heart. Let me ask you, if this is what we look like, stunted, deficient, choked out, suffocating, limited, what does you unrestrained look like? What could we be if God actually had full access to our heart? If every day we would come and confess to God, God, clean up my heart. What could we look like with clean hearts? I would love to see it. And so would God. God, would you come do that in our hearts? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were encouraged by this message. For more information about Life Tree, please check us out online at lifetreecc.com.